It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Zeltzer, Brandon Lee Gouton all hanging out with you till 6 o'clock, reading you uh, right up to leading off with the Phillies coming in tonight for another staunch, staunch series against the uh, the Marlins. James, what's happening today, man? How are you? What's going on, Johnny? How are you, man? It's exciting. Back for week two. A little more uh, a little more Eagles action. We're talking uh, Carson Wentz, maybe? Yeah, maybe a little bit. A little I, got bit. A, I got a bone to pick with him, BLG. I mean, like, uh, he's ruining Uh-oh. my Saturday. What's up with the... What's up with the, you know, the Bisons taking care of the Hawkeyes? I've felt weird rooting against them all day long here, you know? So I'm just kind of I'm a little baffled. A little baffled. That's I, what Carson Wentz does. He just crushes your dreams. <laughs> he crushes my dreams. And his cousin plays for yeah, the team. that. I didn't know that. It was, uh, they got a Wentz. It's just a factory of Wentzes. They keep rolling through the Wentzes. That's right. So we're going to get into that. And honestly, at, uh, we were talking about this on the podcast, too, this week at BGN underscore radio. You can check us out there. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of that funky stuff, if you're a podcaster like ourselves, is, you know, it's weird how the acceptance of Carson Wentz has just happened in one week. You know, he's like a... I, I kind of looked at it as like, yeah, this is almost, he's unbustable. That's what he proved to me in one week. I was like, this guy has a floor of maybe it's a, a, a veteran quarterback here. You know, it's and, and it's okay to be excited about these things right now. Yeah, John, look, he made throws this week, and we talked about it on the podcast as well. If you went to Fran Duffy's Twitter, uh, he breaks down, you know, the video packages of the games and all that stuff and the all 22 and 
He talked about DNA throws. Carson Wentz was making DNA throws, as in you have to have that in your DNA to be able to make that throw. And it was really heartening to see those types of plays, those types of, you know, grown man NFL type of throws from him that literally not every quarterback in the NFL can make. And he made them coming off, you know, 38 preseason snaps coming from, you know, the Iowa Killers, North Dakota <laughs> State. Uh, it, John, I, I mean, I, we really couldn't have asked for a better first outing. And, and I think people are right to be, you know, over the moon. Yeah, absolutely. And, and BLG, is, is it, I don't know, I almost think there's, because I know it was a different situation. Bryce McNagg came in here, mm-hmm. the booing, there's all that. I wonder if the, us as Philadelphia fans have just stopped back and went, let's correct that. And I know that there was some of that when he got drafted. It's amazing to me, though, how much acceptability there has been with this guy when, you know, Donovan went through, I don't know, NFC Championship game after NFC Championship game. No one, I I just get the sense that no one was really sold on Donovan through his entire career, and we've already surpassed, like, this is our franchise quarterback in Philadelphia in one week. Why do you think that is? Uh, I just think, you know, sometimes, I think when we look at Donovan McNabb and we look back at that era, you know, I think the people who do have problems with him, and some of them very wrongly have having problems with Donovan McNabb, you know, they point to the off-the-field stuff, like not taking enough accountability or just not saying all the right things necessarily after the game. I mean, Mr. Carson Wentz is Mr. Say All the Right Things. You know, when he's in the press conference, you know, he's saying all the right things. You know, he's he doesn't even act like a rookie. And that, we saw that on the field last week. He didn't look like a rookie. His demeanor, even off the field, he's not like a rookie. So I think he comes in here so seasoned, and I think that's part of why the transition has been so seamless. Yeah, and uh, and no doubt about it. And I think that he's... He's doing the same. Maybe it's just because he doesn't talk. You know, I mean, he talks, but he doesn't really say anything. And he's he's there more or less as, yeah, here I am on the bench a couple of hours before the game's still going over notes. I'm still going over my game plan. I'm doing all this other things and just going out and, and playing. And more, it's just the dynamic of what he is or what we think he is. And he kind of leads, you know, the team on the field. Hasn't said anything bad yet, right? So maybe we're waiting for all that stuff, too, to kind of come. To, uh, it's just weird. Like, there's no, there's, this kid can do no wrong right now. Yeah, well, well, I think Brandon hit on it. He has an incredible maturity and poise for someone his age, someone with his level of experience to come in and be that cool under pressure in a big spot in his first NFL start. Like I said, it was extremely heartening to see. In comparison to Donovan, I do think it really comes back to that, the the booing and the fact that he came in with this chip on his shoulder, and and we know it. He always had that passive-aggressive type of feel to him in the way he talked, in the way he acted with the media, in the way he acted with the fan base. So, you know, Carson has been literally the exact opposite of that. He's come in, and he's been team first. You know, when it was Bradford, I'm going to work with Bradford. I'm going to work with Chase. I'm going to do whatever we can to make this team better, and it's just had a very different feel to it obviously a very you know the parallel of the last time they brought in a a quarterback that high yeah and uh we want to know what you're thinking out there too so 888-729-9494 pound 94.94 on your att and verizon cell phones as well uh so if you have anything about uh, really have you accepted them already too i want to know that and if you have an x factor for chicago on monday night we want that too Besides Carson Wentz, I think that's, yeah, uh, that's pretty much the easy answer. X Factor every week, <laughs> always, forever. Could, could be somebody on the Eagles, could be somebody on the Bears. We're going to get into that breakdown a little later on in the show, along with the NFC Least coming up at 440. But, you know, you and, and you think of, and look, there's a, there's a, he run uh, the Rookie of the Week this week, right? So there's, 
And there's a lot of upset Dallas Cowboy fans, which we'll get into later. That's why I mentioned the NFC least. But uh, it amazes me that maybe even people are st- trying to still discredit how good that was. I mean, you have more people, less nationally, are freaking out over this. I think in Philadelphia, the oddly calm all week long here. But uh, take nothing away. I don't care if it was Cleveland. I don't care if it was, you know, it could, it could be the Iowa Hawkeyes for all I care <laughs> that they went up and did this thing. You just don't see that that often well, from a rookie. The amazing point is, is him waking, winning rookie of the week was like the least awesome thing that happened to this kid this week. We had the president of the United States <laughs> talk about getting on the Wentz wagon. Seriously, I don't remember when we've had this type of thing in Philadelphia before where someone has come in and had this kind of instant stardom and fame like that just off of, like we said, one performance. Uh, it's it's mind play. it's exciting. Don't get me wrong; it's really exciting, but it's also kind of hard to to believe that it's actually happening. That that it's this massive national story at this point. Well, that leads me into I guess what we're expecting in game two. I mean, it's it's really hard to kind of top that debut, and there are a lot of people, including myself, who are just like, look, it is it's Soldier Field. There's who knows what kind of bare bones the Indian bones are stuck underneath there where it's just kind of like it raises up. It is never good for the Philadelphia Eagles to play in Chicago. Lake, the moisture from the lake. Let's, yes, Wait, fog maybe? Yeah, Would that create be. fog potentially? Uh, somewhere in Lake Michigan. Maybe there's uh, I don't yeah, something something that's creeping out of there and just <laughs> Where's dying in the middle of the him? field. Seriously. <laughs> uh, but what does this mean for game two? BLG, what are you expecting for his kind of moving forward? Because... There's an interesting article that our good friend Patrick Wall had wrote this week of like, hey, in it, listen, it only goes back to 2012, but rookie quarterbacks in their second debut, the numbers are against them. Like they're just, whether that's playing a better defense or a worse defense or whatever it is, statistically, you're going to see a dive here, but do you think that he can kind of rise up above from that? Well, there could be a step back. I mean, you know, we, we talk about how Carson Wentz didn't really play a lot in the preseason and probably wasn't just a lot of tape on him, especially what he was doing with the Eagles. You know, now he's going into his second week. Uh, it's not, again, one week isn't this expansive body to work with. You know, the Bears have more tape than the Browns really did of Carson Wentz running the Eagles offense. So, you know, I think there there could be some things that, you know, the Chicago is going to see on tape that they're going to try to take away or, or try to make him uncomfortable. Uh, I do think, you know, after getting off to such an impressive start, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see a little bit of a step back, especially because Wentz likes to be aggressive on some of those deep throws. Now, those can be great, as we saw. They can lead to touchdowns. It could also lead to interceptions and mistakes like that. Yeah, and let's go to uh, the full lines right now. As we got to Ryan, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, John? What's going on? Oh, Ryan Jones. What's up, man? How you doing? Just, uh, Tough day for uh, your Rutgers crew today, too, I saw. Huh? I, know, I mean, they got the they got the win. Oh, did they pull it out? I, I wasn't paying attention. John, John just sure, thinks everyone lost yeah, because but, Iowa lost. There right. was no winning no, today right. for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, wanted to say. Yeah, I was at the game last week. That I was at the opener, and uh, like it was, it was just the most amazing atmosphere that I, you know, I can't even really put it into words. Uh, just everyone in the stadium being happy is not something I'd like ever experienced before. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, you know, really excited for week two. You know, no matter what happens. It's going to be a lot tougher game, but uh, you know I'm excited to see what happens. Well, checked in. I think there was a lot of lot of surprise too. It's just like, oh man, you he's know, good. I talked, this kid's good. And I talked in the podcast, like you know, we we're in the in the press box, and I I completely forgot where I was. Like honestly, like yeah. you're you're supposed to be quiet in there. You're supposed to be taking notes. Whoever was to the right of me, I just as soon as Nelson Aguilar went, 
and caught that touchdown, I literally just smacked his shoulder. I was just like, oh, my God, did you see that? And I apologized immediately. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. I just didn't expect that to come. So, yeah, it, it was, uh, again, we could you could feel the vibe uh, throughout the link, right? And what, so what are you expecting, I guess, in Chicago then? Um, I just do, I do, uh, I have like one, you know, one prediction. I'm not sure really how all the game's going to go, but I'm going to, uh, channel my inner, uh, Dan Klausner here and I'm <laughs> expecting the, uh, the Trey Burton, uh, the Trey Burton, uh, game for the ages here. That's what I'm expecting with, uh, with Eric's out. That's, that's my, my prediction. Yeah, no, I like that, Ryan. And absolutely. Thanks for calling in where, you know, Zach Ertz, who, uh, who told me, uh, or at least let me know that there is indeed a rib in your collarbone somewhere. Of course, I can't spell Apparently, restaurant properly, right? but I, I don't know what that says about anybody's intelligence. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think, listen, Trey Burton was underutilized 100%. And I remember during the preseason when there was a lot of people talking about, oh, yeah, just stick him at fullback. And I was like, are you bleeping kidding me? You're going to stick this guy at fullback? What a waste of space. Like, get him out on the open. Make him a, a Darren Sproles type. Put him at tight end. Like, there are a lot of great things that Trey Burton can do. And... Yeah, I'm not going to say that he can easily replace Zach Ertz, and I'm not sure how they're going to operate through there. But, James, I mean, how does – what do you think of Trey Burton getting in here this week? And what are you expecting, 30 40% of the snaps while he's there? Uh, first of all, I love Trey Burton. I agree with Ryan. I'm a big Trey Burton fan, especially from an athletic perspective. We've seen him do some really athletic stuff. I know he's only got – three career catches, but for some reason it feels like he's got a lot more than that. But look, they, they need that at tight end as a, as a passing option. Brent Selleck, I think, will be the, the majority of the snaps will be Brent, obviously, for blocking purposes and whatnot. But I think Burton's going to be a part of the game plan. I think they'll have some plays for him. I think he's going to be out there in some significant offensive situations. Uh, and I, I expect good things. And also just speaking about Carson and that game and what you expect, we talked last week about the fact that we expected mistakes last week, and we didn't get any. There are going to be mistakes. This kid is not going to play perfect football forever. So it's a tougher defense. Vic Fangio is a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, but I still think that there's a chance this kid could come out and have another really strong performance against this defense. Yeah, James, and going backing off on this Trey Burton hype, uh, I mean, this might as well be the Trey Burton <laughs> podcast right now. Um, but seriously, no, he did look awesome this, this summer in training camp and preseason. Now, of course, that's only the summer. But still, you know, he was one of the guys in training camp every single day who was making a good impression. He was making catches. He was getting open. He was making plays that just made you go, wow. So he was he was having a good camp. And uh, I think, you know, with, with Ertz out, might not be the same exact player. I mean, Ertz is obviously more established. But I think Burton getting in here and getting a bigger role, you know, could be important to this team, especially because you're looking at three tight end sets. And that's what the Eagles really want to go to under Doug Peterson. You know, it's going to be important for Burton to get out there and step up. Yeah, and speaking of the athletic flashes we've seen from him, you know, we've seen him on special teams, too. He is a guy who plays really hard mm -hmm. and finds ways ways to make plays. And that's going to be something they're going to need with Ertz out there. Not a ton of weapons on this offense. Yeah, and there's a lot to get into in, uh, in two hours as we look ahead to Chicago with the uh, acceptance of Wentz. And obviously, we want to know who is your X Factor in this football game, obviously, besides Carson could be on the Bears, could be on the Eagles, whoever you want. It's BGN Radio, 888-729-9494. It's John Barcher, James Elter, Brandon Lee Gowden, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
John Barchard here from BGN Radio, and a lot of people ask me, how do you take your podcast to the next level? How can you do live remotes from different venues? What's the best equipment to use? How do you get started? Well, my friends over at New Media Studios and Trevos have all the answers. It is a complete one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. A top-of-the-line professional studio with unbeatable prices. You can record your own show with an on-site producer. They'll stream it live, and they'll even host your podcast so they can distribute it to iTunes or any other podcast provider. New Media Studios is also the best in the business if you need to take your podcast on the road. They have everything you need to broadcast live from any venue that you're heading to. And as someone that has been in podcasting for over 10 years, New Media Studios takes all my stress away. I don't have to worry about anything but talking into the microphone. So go check them out at NewMediaRecordingStudios.com. That's NewMediaRecordingStudios.com. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know what? There was at one point last season that I was called the Nagadelphian, right? Kind of switched into, I, I feel like we go from Homer to Nagadelphia to Homer. I'm back on the Homer train, man. <laughs> I don't even care what anybody says. You can keep your statistics and shove them up your butt because if Carson Wentz actually does come out in Chicago, I mean, we have to, I think we are tricking ourselves again just to tell ourselves, well, he's a rookie. He's going to have this downfall. Listen, Chicago stinks, okay? Yeah, they're better than Cleveland, but they're not that good, right? So why are we keep like, oh, well, there's, it's going to come at some point. Let's not get too excited about anything. As we're discussing all things right here on BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton. But, James, that's what I mean, man. Like, I'm I'm tired of just trying to, like, outthink myself and just be – I've already done that in the off season. okay? I was so against all the, all the planning, all the different things, and as soon as Sam Bradford gets traded for a first-round pick, that pretty much all got lifted. So what am I – we're playing with house money anyway. Screw it. Carson Wentz is going to have a phenomenal game on Monday night. I Book love it. it. I love it. Look at yeah. that. You said, we, I, why, why bother? John's already said he's unbustable. He's going to have a great, amazing yes. game Monday night. Look, I think the reason that we say that is because there has never been a quarterback in the history of this league who has not at some point or another gone through some struggles. No one is just awesome, amazing from jump and, and never has any issues. Until now, maybe. No, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, um, look, I, I certainly think that this is a matchup. I, I agree. The Bears are better than the Browns, but they're not a very good football team, especially no. on that defensive side. It, it, would it be shocking if Wentz came in and, and put up another two, three touchdowns without a lot of mistakes? Absolutely not. It's, it's, a, it's a viable option. I, I just... I still worry that at some point along the way here, we're going to see some sort of, you know, mistakes. It's going to happen. And the mistakes might come, again, because he likes to be aggressive, and when you're taking those chances, we could see those interceptions. We saw last week where he had a couple of tip passes. He was lucky he won, mm -hmm. I think, right off of Josh Huff's hands, right into Nelson Aguilar's hands. You know, things like that could go the other way. But overall, I think, you know, when people talk about, oh, it's just the Browns, I mean, the things Carson Wentz was doing aren't just things that, you know, were like, the Browns are leaving wide receivers wide open, and it's blown coverages. He was making impressive throws. Unlike a former Eagles quarterback. Unlike, well, know. exactly, like Nick Foles. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you have Carson Wentz making a perfect pass against Joe Hayden, and you have him at the line of scrimmage and reading the defense and calling audibles and being cerebral in the pre-snap phase. I mean, that's something, yes, I'm sure going against a lesser competition like the Browns helps. But still, I mean, those are fundamental things that are impressive about Carson Wentz, and we could see continue this week.
And that's something that, John, we talked about on the podcast this week. The idea that Carson Wentz is is doing things that are, are special no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what defense you're playing, and he is making the guys around him better. I felt like we, you were going to go to a Disney we, music. We, we, I might have. That's you know, well, that's what saying. Carson makes me feel. He, he makes do me do the things <laughs> that ever But been. seriously, how long did we talk about in, in off-seasons past and, and watching guys like Nick Foles we talked about having a quarterback who makes the guys around him better. A franchise quarterback. If that's Exactly. Uh-oh. Maybe a franchise yeah. quarterback. But what we saw Wentz do in week one was we saw him make guys like Nelson Aguilar better, guys like Jordan Matthews better. He made his teammates better. He infused them with excitement. He did everything you want to see from a quarterback, whether he's been in the league 10 years or, or one week. 888-729-9494. If uh, you want to get in, do you think Carson Wentz is... It's going to have a, a bad game just because, you know, I, because that's, he has to because that, because <laughs> he has to. Right. Like that's everybody. Everybody's like, well, he's got to he's got to do this thing and he's got to throw high and his mechanics are still bad. So there's going to be an interception here and there. Like, look, it, it, when you go through the Bears depth chart, it is not pretty. You can defense. say it's bad. John. It, yeah, you can not, even say that. Well, it's just there's only only so many ways you can say bad. So I'm going to go. I'm going to start with not pretty. And. You know, again, the linebacking core, Lamar Houston, absolute stud. Leonard Floyd, who's kind of come on here and there, who's kind of a little bit up and down in the draft process, he's made some pretty good plays here. But, I mean... Danny Trevathan's a good player. Absolutely. And, and they're, you know, the linebacking core has been, you know, Jarrell Freeman, obviously. Like, their their front seven is very aggressive. It's especially against the run. But, you know, you start looking at that secondary, Kyle Fuller's not going to be there. And so you have DeAndre Hall, who's, who's coming in there uh, to... We had a decent game against Houston, but he's still a rookie. Like, you have to absolutely go to the air against the Bears. Yeah, and when you look at it that way, it's actually a really good matchup for the way this Eagles team is constructed right now because, like you said, the Bears are not good at getting to the quarterback. They're bad at it. (laughs) They are not a good pass-rushing defense, much better at stopping the run. As we said, the secondary not that great either. This Eagles receiving core maybe not the best against a secondary that can really stick guys, but you know, against a defense that isn't going to get a lot of pressure, we've seen that Wentz, you know, if you're going to take something out of that, he can find the holes and he can make people pay for mistakes. This Bears defense is not going to get to him a ton, and they're going to give those guys a chance to get open, and, and Wentz will find them. Well, Brandon, let's even say this, because let's say the Eagles actually looked at Joe Hayden and they were like, there's the weakness there, right? Let's just say that that, that was their point. The other thing that's, that we're not factoring into this Doug Peterson he even came out and said it himself is that I'm here to protect Carson Wentz to ease him in to make sure nothing's going to get too fast on him or too complicated. So why wouldn't we expect him to do that this game too? I mean, if we're going to say that Carson Wentz had a fantastic debut, you also have to mention that Doug Peterson did, which is getting lost this week mm-hmm. in how well he did call the game. I mean, that was a fantastic, that was a fantastic game plan. So he's obviously going to do that. He sees the things that we see, even if we're amateur, you know, armchair quarterbacks here. You're going to see the secondary. So why, again, why do people think that he can't go out there and just do this thing? We're in Philadelphia, John. <laughs> that's that's what it is. I mean, we have to have like the no the mentality. You know, nothing good is ever going to happen to us. I mean, that's you know, that's in the back of people's heads, and I think that's always just going to be there. But you know, John, to your point about Doug Pearson being great last week, I mean. Yeah, and I think that has gotten lost in this all oh, this this Carson Wentz hype. I mean, a big reason why Carson Wentz was successful is of his own accord, and obviously he deserves credit. But you know, Doug Peterson put him in really good spots. The game plan was great overall. 
I think, you know, Peterson was very impressive, especially because there were such low expectations. We criticized him. We criticized that hire multiple times on this show. I mean, for him to come out and to go and to prove everyone wrong, and again, it's just one week and it's against the Browns. But, you know, I think, you know, there's reason to be optimistic about him, too. I don't know how you couldn't be. And again, I was as staunch a, a criticizer of this move or this hiring as anyone. And how could you not be impressed with what you've seen so far? I don't think we know that he is a good coach yet, but certainly the signs are pointing in that direction, especially you mentioned it, John. I like that he sticks up for his guys. You know, the Chase Daniel thing stuck out to me. He didn't have to come out and say that Chase was the backbone for Wentz in that game because he probably wasn't, all right? Carson Wentz is pretty good, and he could do it on his own, I think. You Are know? you sure? I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, Chase, he couldn't have done without Chase Daniel, guys. Yeah, with Chase Daniel or Daniels was the reason that it happened. But you know what? Peterson took a guy who has been uh, somewhat outwardly unhappy, not getting the start after the Bradford trade, all that. And he, and he puffed him up, and, and he stuck up for him, and he stood up for him. And I, that's something that I really like to see from my head coach and, and is a heartening thing to see from Peterson. And also with Malcolm Jenkins this week, and we'll get into that after the NFC lease at uh, 440, Doug Peterson has done as much as, again, it's the, I had a hard time buying into the PR train across the board. You know, Sam Bradford goes, John Filippo. I mean, now even this week, you have Frank Wright calling him a, that was a Jim Kelly, yeah. Andrew Luck type of experience when I see out there. And even still in the back of my head, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> that is, don't make me believe that. Don't make me buy that. Because they like that is, if you're at that level, like, can you imagine if this kid is one of those two quarterbacks? Like, why? But, but what they said to me in week one, which I did not believe, ended up being true in week one. So at what point do we go, okay. These two coaches, well, the one coach that I respect the hell of even before is John Filippo, who's saying all these things, this kid's ready, this kid's ready. So at what point can I just celebrate all things, <laughs> all things Carson Wentz? Here? Well, and not just the fact that these coaches are saying it, the performance that we saw and what well, he did, yeah. that's, that's, that's like what you see from an Andrew Luck, from, a, from someone coming into the league who is just good enough who is just better than other guys that's what we saw and look you know again it there could it could be partially a mirage you know there are certain things as we discussed certain throws that the dude can just make so you know he's already at a certain level and to be fair there's ones that he can't even like i've sure. noticed even the simpler and, ones the five yard outs and things like that how are dare like, you i know how dare i well and he doesn't protect his body that well no. there were a few spots where he took hits that he didn't need to take there are clearly issues but just from a, if you're talking about Andrew Luck, Jim Kelly, all that type of stuff, it it's not just the coaches saying it, that that performance and the poise and everything that that really lends to that. Yeah, and it's just kind of that's why I said like the again you're just looking over the Bears, which I mean let's be honest, it's a uh, bottom five roster. Yeah, you know, so like oh, why yeah. why uh, on both just, sides of the just ball because numbers say like hey for, for the last three years that's me. I just that's what I'm saying. I'm not buying it. So if Frank Reich and those guys are saying he's Jim Kelly, and those guys are saying that he's Andrew Luck, and those, you know, and, and blah, 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 then, then there is no reason for me not to think that he can do it against Chicago. Now, on the other side of the ball, kind of interesting, too. I mean, we mentioned Zach Ertz being out. Uh, McKelvin, Brandon Lee Cowton's favorite cornerback of all time. His favorite player. player Let's not get time. underrated get here. here. Pardon me. Uh, is out. And kind of interesting that they go Ron Brooks the, uh, to start out along with Nolan Carroll. Then they're going to slide him into nickel if the you know if the Bears put him in there. And there's our Hall of Famer from the preseason, Jalen Mills, kind of starting out there. Um, I think 
in my mind, that wouldn't Chicago just ultimately put them in nickel as many times as they can to really kind of test out and see what that rookie is all about initially here, BLG? I think they should, John. I mean, we saw Jalen Mills be impressive at times in training camp and things like that. There are also times where he got beat deep a lot, and he's going up potentially you know, against a receiver like Alshon Jeffrey or whoever they're even sticking out on him out there. I mean, he's susceptible to getting beat deep. So, you know, the Bears should look to get, you know, involved in attacking him that way. And I think, you know, in some of the, for as good as the Eagles defense played last week, you know, they only held the Browns to 10 points. There were times where, I think we saw it, where RG3 was just missing throws that were there. And that could have been made. If there was a a competent quarterback there, you know, there were some more big plays to be had there. So I think the Eagles really Like Cody Kessler? Uh, (laughs) They love Cody Kessler. They are really in on Cody Kessler. Everything you hear is that he's he's the best. (laughs) They, They liked him more than once, probably. Maybe. But, uh, you know, there's there's opportunities, I think, for the defense to tighten things up like that and play better. Well, and we're going to get into the X Factor. I know we're heading to break here. But, John, my X Factor, Brandon just brought it up for those reasons, is Alshon Jeffrey. Hey, you know. You know, if he always is. It's the Bears offense. We're but getting... he's the guy, man. They he got the nothing this game. Jeremy Langford's not very good. Alshon Jeffrey has the chance to have one of those, you know, 180-yard games against oh, this yeah. defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But on the same regard, I don't think they can really hold the Eagles up if they're doing well. Well, uh, we've got the NFC lease coming up uh, just after the break. It is BGN Radio with John Barcher, James Elter, and Brandon Lee Gowden right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Not exactly sure how you stop. Ashlon Jeffrey, that's my only crux. When the Eagles are facing the Bears on Monday night, maybe make them a nice sandwich. Soft but, tissue, hamstring injury, I've be. heard, stops him pretty well. It's that, it. Well, yeah, I mean, he kind of does uh, does that well on his own. But uh, one thing we want to get into before any of that, it's time for the NFC Least. The Follies. The Screwballs. And the Screw-Ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC Least on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, Johnny. Okay, where are we? Brandon, are we ready, boys? I'm why ready. don't we why don't we head down to, as we like to do, the least of the least of all the least. A lot of good stuff, a lot of good fodder here, I'm thinking. So, Johnny, what's going on down in Dallas? Right uh, now? Can I tell you how many narratives just came crashing into a wall <laughs> against the worst defense historically that has been here for the, in the NFC East for, I don't know, the last five years? How about this? Dak Prescott, no pressure the entire game. Also, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, and under 200 yards throwing. And some people have the gall to say that his debut was better than Carson Wentz's. Get the broomstick out of your ass. What are you looking at? It is impossible. Also, the the vaunted, and listen, I'm a full admitter. I love Elliott. I love Ezekiel Elliott. 2.6 yards per carry behind that line. Forget about it, BLG. Dallas sucks. The greatest offensive line in NFL history, John. (laughs) Totally and completely gone. Dallas is going to be a dumpster fire in five more weeks. But, guys, I read that Dak Prescott was the next Tom Brady. Was I lied to? What happened here? Yes, Yes, you were. All right, all right, all right. Let's head up the turnpike. Let's have a little fun with those New York Giants, Johnny. Uh, By the way, the team that defeated the Dallas Cowboys, like I said, no pass rush. Victor Cruz had a stat line of a tight end that you would stick 
on your flex in an emergency. Four catches, 34 yards. Everybody was pretty much neutralized. They're the same boring giants that they, week in and week out. Eli Manning throwing terrible interceptions. I, I, I'm just so excited by the dumpster fire that has been created in the NFC East this year. And it's okay. even better with the Giants, guys, because people already think this defense is somehow already legit because they spent all that money and because they shut down the mighty Dak Prescott oh, and the mighty Ezekiel Elliott, that it's all better now. Yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, Ben McAdoo, go stick it up your A as well because if you had a problem with Colin Kaepernick and leaning down, how about deal with the punter with the domestic abuse that you decided to re-sign after, uh, you know, you found all these things out after the NFL suspended him. <laughs> how about that? How yeah. about doing your own things? Let's give Josh Brown the jerk of the week. I'm pretty <laughs> good. I don't even know if that's a thing, but I'm going to give him jerk of the week and feel pretty good about it. Plus, it took Terrence Williams making one of the dumber plays I've seen in a long time oh, for the yeah. Giants team. Win that game. All right, let we can't we can't do this without ripping our own. That's what we do here. Eagles, Johnny. John Durnboss, what happened, man? Oh, what happened? This, we're, we're all so sad. About How do you this? lose to a twelve-year-old girl playing ukulele? You know, <laughs> you got to bring your A game, man. Just like Smarty Jones, just like everything else, there is no winners in Philadelphia this week. There, BLJ. The Eagles can't even win a talent. Can't even win a talent competition. Unbelievable. It, it seems like we're reaching there, but I like it. Yeah, I like we're totally it. Reaching. All right, let's go to, as we've discussed before, the racist brothers in the South. <laughs> how about the Washington, I will not say their last names. Uh, how about this? How about Jimmy Garoppolo, $736,000 and $718. Bucks. And uh, how about uh, Kurt or Kirk or Cut or however you want to say it, Cousins, $20 million losing in, uh, in the most epic fashion, noodle armed, now one and potentially nine against teams that are above 500. You like that? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I, I, I like every time that, you know, oh, it's Deshaun's contract here. It's, you know, they got to, the defense is really going there. And granted, look, it's Antonio Brown. I understand he's the best wide receiver in the league, but they had no answer pretty much anywhere for anything. And guess what? Jake Gruden, as we as advertised, really does suck. Mm, terribly. Awfully. Yeah, and for me, all I'm going to think about with Washington all season long is just that gif of Antonio Brown twerking over and over and over again. There it is. That's right. Over. Yeah, I mean, just only oh, barely hit a riff on the ref on the buns uh, a little too hard Even after better. a good so. Even better. All right. Well, let's wrap that up. That's the NFC least for uh, this week on BGN Radio. Uh, and uh, each and every week, too, we want to uh, ask you guys, what is kind of the X factor in this one? 888-729-9494. James is saying it's, it's Ashlon Jeffrey here, BLG. Is there anybody else, even on the Bears, Eagles, that you think is more of an X factor this week? I think it's interesting, John, that Kyle Fuller is questionable after being limited in practice all week. You know, obviously, 2014 first-round pick on the Bears starters on the outside. You know, we saw the Eagles receivers. You know, Jordan Matthews is very good. Obviously, last week he had 14 targets. That's a lot of targets, yeah. It is, and for all you fantasy people out there. I was just about, he beat me to it. PPR leagues, he's a stud. So, again, you know, you're looking at the receivers and what they can get, and if Carson Wentz can make these receivers better, maybe that's an area the Eagles want to attack if Fuller can't play. Yeah, uh, and uh, they have to. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you look at... Tracy Porter, you look at uh, the rest of the guys Trace, that are... Tracy Porter is still, still in here. here. He's 10,000 years old and still <laughs> playing football. Who saw that coming? There was like a... For a quarter against Houston where he was like, wow, he's he's covering up pretty well. This is going. He's got an interception against him. And then all of a sudden it was just like, let's just keep... Whoever he's covering, just keep throwing to him. So 
Yeah, definitely. Like I said, you win this thing through the air. Uh, and the X factor to me is actually going to be, I'm going to say it's on the Eagles side of the football. I w- it's easy to say the front four, but they should absolutely destroy them. They we'll, should dominate that O-line. Dominate. And we'll get into that in a little bit, too. But the X factor is covering Ashlon Jeffrey on the other side. So mm-hmm. it comes down to Ron Brooks. It comes down to McLeod. They have to bracket him. I mean, there's I, I, time and time again, I think defensive coordinators who are not smart, and I think Jim Schwartz is pretty smart, just let him go. One-on-one, whatever. It's like, oh, we can we can rush five. We can rush six. We can get to the pass. It doesn't matter. You throw a 50-50 ball to him, he's going to come down with it. We saw it last just this last week with Corey Coleman, who's, by the way, 5'10". There's three DBs that are around him on, to open up the second half. Nobody turned around to look for the ball. There it is. And that's going to happen a lot. You have to find a way to double cover Echelon Jeffrey and still get pressure and not allow anybody else to kind of you know come in here. Yeah, I think you're looking at this Bears offensive line, and obviously they have Sitton and Long, who are pretty good guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, White hair is a little unproven there as a rookie. It could be, you know, big if, uh, if Fletcher Cox yeah. is in the middle. Oh, of big yeah. Benny Logan taking care of business in there. But the edges are where they're especially vulnerable. I think Brandon Graham, another a guy who had a really big game in the second half, of, and I believe who was my X Factor last week, uh, <laughs> you know, and you're looking Connor Barwin, getting him involved in Vinnie Curry. I think it could be a big game for the guys on the edges there. I- Great point. I, I couldn't agree more. Bobby Massey and Charles Leno are their two tackles in Chicago. And guess what? They're both bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> legitimately not great football players. Like you said, the interior of that line, pretty good. Uh, granted, Josh Sitton, of course, getting cut right before the season starts by the Packers. A second-team All-Pro last year, kind of a unexpected move. But it does seem like he's not fit into that line yet. They had real cohesive, you know, cohesive continuity issues in week one. Did not look like a, a together unit at all, which I think more than anything, any other unit in football, the offensive line is the most about continuity and working together. So, yeah, I think even though Long and Sitton are good, too, you know, I think there's still even some advantages to to the potential of beating in the interior of that line as well, obviously with, with Cox and Logan in there. It's, it's a really good matchup. For the Seagulls team. Yeah, and, and to BLG's point, I, yeah, I mean, like, Bobby Massey's a statue, w- without a doubt. Like, oh, yeah. there, he's, he's, he's just not, uh, it, I don't even know if he can, you know, move him over to guard type of scenario. I don't even know no, if he, he can kind of do he that. He doesn't like, have I, the footwork to play guard. No and, chance. And then you look at their depth, too, and it's just like, you know, there's there's three or four guys that are booked in. Like, Mike Adams is the right tackle and also the backup left tackle. And Ted Larson's also the backup guard. He's also the backup center. So, I mean, they, they, there's a lot of issues going on in there. I say they win in all facets of that. There's, I mean, you go from Vince Wilfork one week to Fletcher Cox the next week with Benny Logan hanging out there, and you know, obviously Brandon Graham and Vinny Curry are not JJ Watt, and they're not, you know, this they're not quite not there yet. yet, not yet, not anyway, yet. right? All right, so it's not sell them short, Johnny. Yeah, and that's and that's part of the reason why it is so important here to kind of just I don't think Jim Schwartz gets out of his philosophy here. You want four guys to rush the passer? You want you want that to? Win every single time. I doubt he brings five once, you know, through this. They shouldn't have to. And if they struggle early against this offensive line, we got to have a real conversation about where is this going here, you know? And I, I don't think they will struggle. We saw, look, again, that Browns team, not very good, but we saw fast Eagles defense. If nothing else, we saw how much team speed they have, especially that front seven comparatively. This Bears line cannot keep up with those guys. Kyle Long's the only one who even has a chance, and he's not—he's injured, a little beat up, not at his full, you know, self. I, I think it's a great matchup. But flipping back to the receivers, I think that's where you're, the, the bread and butter is going to be made here because 
Getting pressure on Cutler is what's going to keep them from getting the ball to Alshon because they can't cover him. Nolan Carroll can't cover him. Jalen Mills can't cover him. Ron Brooks can't cover him. All three of them together at the same time probably can't cover Alshon Jeffrey. So the pressure is really going to be the, the X factor as a, as a whole on that defensive side of the ball. 888-729-9494. You can also uh, find us on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Who is your X factor moving into this? We see our good friend uh, Brian Coulter checking in. He says Aguilar is the X-Factor. He beat Joe Hayden for a score last week. It's a potential confidence boost for any wide receiver that has struggled. And absolutely. And, you know, both BLG and Mary were kind of in the locker room and got that sense. It's just, you know, he even said, he's like, my mind is so much clearer now than it was last year. I'm in a spot where I just don't feel this immense pressure to do these things. And really, because everybody consider, I mean, like, I have never seen so many trash emojis on Twitter <laughs> next to Nelson Aguilar's name in for anybody in one offseason th- than him. And just last week, I might add, I said, I'm very calm and reserved. I am oddly not panicked about Nelson Aguilar. He shows up. I think he definitely has to show up again. This is another confidence booster for him, BLG. We talked about the weak in secondary. They're obviously going to be paying attention a lot to Jordan Matthews. So this is where Nelson Aguilar absolutely has to come in here and show up and shine and be that one-two wide receiver for the Eagles this week. Absolutely. And as we talked on the show last week, you know, I've been an, a doubter of Aguilar. I think, you know, you look back at what he did in training camp and, and on the off-season workouts and everything, and he, and he wasn't good. He just didn't flash at all. Uh, if he did show up, it was in a bad way. He was making drops. It just it didn't uh, look good. There was obviously the uh, incident right after OTAs, the legal situation and everything. So it just it wasn't a great off-season for Aguilar. Uh, he came in here week one and surprised a lot of people with that deep touchdown pass. If he can build on that, that would be huge for the Eagles team. And look, the Eagles don't even need him to be a star. I mean, he's a first-round pick. You have that expectation. They don't need that. If he can even just be solid, decent, average receiver, that would be big for this team. Yeah, and I think that is is basically been my mantra throughout the last couple of weeks here. He's too good to be awful. You know, he, I think his his floor is really just an average wide receiver that could be possession you know, eventually we thought he was going to be this ultimate return guy, too, where he can field punts, and maybe he does that with, with Darren Sproles after he takes over. But, yeah, I, I feel, and I feel that a lot of people <laughs> flipped the switch on Nelson Aguilar already. It's amazing what a touchdown and a, and a win will do. We'll talk more about this, plus uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Doug Peterson, how they're handling this situation. A lot coming up right here on BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm trying to think of a clever way how they can fit in a OPP into like NDSU, <laughs> but I can't. I just can't do it. I was just singing it out loud. So <laughs> we're all down with Carson Wentz. Says what we've been talking about for the last hour is BGN <laughs> Radio. You did it you on did uh, it. <laughs> with John Barchard, James Elter, Brandon Lee Gouton. As uh, we're trying to figure out a couple of different things, the the X factor against the Bears here. Besides Carson Wentz, you know he's he's the glory boy. We're all on the train. We're on the Wentz wagon. So uh, you know we're just trying to figure out who is. The X factor for you, we've got Nelson Aguilar, BLG saying, you know, uh, it uh, or Kyle Fuller on the other side, the Bears secondary. James has said it's Ashlon Jeffrey. Let's see what uh, what Tim thinks here in Mount Holly. Tim, you're on 94 WIP. What's going on, man? All right, not much. Um, great program, guys. Thanks, um, man. What I, what I see, yeah, definitely I think Carson's going to have another great week. Um, what he needs to do is one of his greatest strengths I saw, even in week one against, you know, of course, you know, everybody's saying the Browns, but he sold the the play actually passed really well. Mm-hmm. I think better than any Eagles quarterback that I've seen in recent times. So, Maybe not since Donovan. Donovan was really good yeah, at doing that, yeah, too. You know? Know, you know, especially when we had Westbrook there 
you know, and everybody started to fear. So that's the other thing, too. You know, as a running game might not be, you know, the deciding factor, but if it shows up, at least like it showed against the Browns, then I think we have a very good chance, you know, the X factor to me is going to be the receiving core themselves, you know, all of the different, you know, Matthews, Aguilar, um, Trey Burton. See, the thing I like, too, with Ertz out, you have Trey Burton and you have Brent Selleck. They're both good route runners, and they're going to have, what, linebackers covering them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that's where yeah. there's there's a definite mismatch between them, and then, like you do most of the time, you're going to forget about Darren Sproles. Like, oh, crap, he's running that Texas route again. Where did he go? So, yeah, you're right, and that's for Tim, more or less for me. Like, I really do want to see how Trey Burton performs when, okay, man, you're the, you're the, guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. Let's go and see it and get it done, right? Yeah, I think I think you guys are you know hit the nail on the head with that. You know, he's he's going to be the one. And I think the other thing that he has going for him is people don't really see him as a threat. You know, yeah. how many people follow the Eagles camp? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. Not too often. And yeah, Tim, we really appreciate the call. Also, last preseason, you saw that too. Even with Sam Bradford in there, you were you were kind of like scratching your head of like, well, man, I mean, like he made some really incredible catches. What does he have to do to get on the field here? Well, and it's really interesting, too, when you look at just his whole career and, and college, he was a really good player at Florida and yeah. played a lot of different positions and then somehow goes undrafted and, and just comes in as this undrafted guy. And I don't know if he's ever really gotten the credit that he probably deserves as, as a skilled offensive player. Yeah, and I, I, the thing I love about Trey Burton is his versatility. You know, John talked about earlier with the fullback thing, and the Eagles haven't been doing that so much. They don't need to. Yeah, stick they, with Bo Allen at fullback. Bo Allen at fullback. Jokes aside, awesome. that looked pretty good. Yeah. I think he, he looked fine. But uh, you don't want to do that with Trey Burton. You can line him out wide. That's something the Eagles did in practice this offseason. You can line up in the slot. You can line him up like a typical tight end. You can line him up in the backfield. He used to be a running back. Yeah. You don't want to hand the ball off to him. But I'm saying, no, you can line him in the backfield, and he can run routes from there. There's so many options that Trey Burton brings. And I <laughs> I just think it's funny how we're getting hyped up about Trey Burton it's, after this just big week weird, at right? Carson Wentz. But, yeah. I, but, you know, it's interesting. It's exciting to see what he can do. And that's what they did with him at Florida. He's right that he is a very versatile player who can fit in a lot of roles for you. It's it's. It's, he's a nice weapon. It'll actually be interesting to see him in a role where he's got a real chance to maybe show us something. I see my good friend, uh, near and dear to our hearts on the show, Angel, is calling in on BJ and Radio. Angel, what's going on, man? You're on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I feel like my family has graduated Harvard <laughs> and gotten their big diploma from WIP. Boys, congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, and I sincerely Thank mean you. that because... Of course, I, I, I missed when, the, when you guys were going to leave, but I'm glad I found you guys in your new home. So along with Brandon as well, congratulations, really, from, from the bottom of my heart, because I, I truly love you guys, and, and you know that. Absolutely, Angel. We appreciate it, man. Who's your, uh, who's your X Factor kind of leading into this thing, bud? I'm still, I'm still going to go with, with, with Carson Wentz, only because I, I, I don't know. I want to go with the Nelson Aguilar for maybe one more week. But I just, I got a funny feeling there's going to be a disappointment. I don't know why, but I just feel that because he's not consistent. He's almost like Donovan. Donovan, one week, you could see him, he was just, he was consistent. He played excellent, even maybe two, three weeks in a row. And then he just had that roller coaster drop off. Nelson Aguilar has always been that same way too. And I think we expected so much from him that we've gotten not as much hype or not as much as we expected from him, especially even going into uh, the OTAs and even this year before uh, in the preseason. No, I think that's a great point. We, there was a lot of pressure on this kid to come in and be 
NFL ready, right? We heard it over and over again that he was the most NFL ready receiver in the draft and all that stuff. And Angel, I think you're right. That 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 has an effect. That there's an added bit of pressure there to to produce right away when you would hope to be able to bring a rookie in and kind of move him along a little bit more slowly. This kid was kind of throwing the fire right away. In addition, to having an injury last you know training camp, which has slowed him down as well. Yeah, Angel, what kind of what kind of stat line you you thinking for Wentz this week? Uh, let's see where he went, what, 278 last week. I'm going to go with he's going to do just a slight bit better and probably 289. I'm going with three touchdowns and no interceptions. Nice. He possibly run one in. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Look at that. Four touchdowns. Four fantasy. Man, oh, man. Yeah, yeah get him. Uh, yeah, he's a, what a DFS charm that's yeah. going to be right there, man. Yeah, I mean, do, well, can you imagine just for a second? I mean, four touchdowns, no interceptions. No. Just under 300 oh. yards. What the phone lines are going to be well, like? Come uh, look, under, we had Barack January. Obama and Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, are we going to have like some sort of, you know, is the head of Germany and England? I mean, is this going to go <laughs> international? I mean, how much bigger can the Wentz wagon get? Uh, large. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, what, six million large? Right? That's right there, BLG. I don't know. <laughs> I, but I, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's hard. I don't want to knock anybody's excitement down. Like, you should. Nor should you. Go for it. Well, we talked about that. We talked about that on the podcast at BGN underscore radio. It's okay to get excited about Carson Wentz. What we saw in week one is the exact type of thing that, as a sports fan, you should get excited about. Yeah, and, and, and Doug Peterson, too, just like we were saying last hour, and because he's handled a lot of things really, really well. I think even when, before Sam Bradford came in, it looked like he was in there, he smoothed things out. Sam Bradford's all smiles. You know, he's probably lying through his teeth with the PR stuff, and I'm just glad to be here and whatever. I don't know if Sam Brett, did he ever smile anyway? <laughs> it's know. like that weird, we, you know, eyes going each way face. Well, he's got, the, got. Like, the, the side jaw look, like yeah. the menacing, like his arm is out. Every picture that you see him in, he just looks like a psychotic, you know, killer or whatever. But if, through what it is, he kind of, you know, mellowed all the those things out. I think the reason why the CJ Wentz, he's going to be an inactive third quarterback, and we're honestly, Doug wanted to do that too, but then you really don't have an issue of the media talking about it every week. So you, you see those things. You just get the sense that, you know, even in the locker room after the Browns' victory, family, 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 this is a really kind of a unit. Another thing that I didn't really think was real, the emotional intelligence, all that. I mean, it sounded like a made-up garbage, you know, just <laughs> yes. like, are you kidding me? Yes. But it really has displayed a lot of this, and it leads right up into a head with, you know, we couldn't get you can't get away from the Kaepernick thing and the, how that's kind of folded out across the NFL. And Malcolm Jenkins on uh, on right here on Sports Radio WIP with Glenn Macnow and Jody Mack were came out here and said, hey, yeah, we we're planning to do something, too. And it's going to be on Monday night on the national stage. Um, and, you know, I, I if, whatever. I mean, like we've had the discussion. I think we know everybody's points back and forth on this thing one way or another. I think all three of us here have. They say if it's, we're all about freedom of speech, and if you want to go and demonstrate, that's your right to. You may not agree with it or disagree with it, but that's where we're at with that. And the way Doug Peterson has handled this even is just like another eye-opening thing towards smoothing it out. Coming out here, everybody's very respectful. The whole team basically has a has a talk. And the the most the the yeah the best thing that I took out about Doug's comments was, hey, if if the team's all on board with this, I'm with it too. I'll join in. I'm about not creating any tension here. So if we're all on board, I'm on board. I thought that was a really impressive thing to say. We talked about it before. It's it's this guy is sticking up for his guys. He is he he is making it feel at least from the outward, you know, our angle of looking at it 
that his guys know that he will be there for him, that he's going to stand up for them, stick up for them. When anything happens, any situation, Dougie P is there to get their back. That's huge, man. That's really important with a coach, especially a new coach without a ton of experience. I, I just, I'm, I've been so impressed, man. I really was, I had low hopes with the media presence that we saw and the, you know, the answering that question with the, the Tom Brady question. We don't want to give him the ball back. And that, <laughs> it was scary at right. first. You're like, really? And, and ever since then, he is just one thing after another is, is, you know, kind of putting little checks in them. Maybe he's a good coach box. And James, it's funny. We used to make fun of the Doug Peterson people line, right? I think, well, looking at this now, Doug Peterson people are people who he has the backs of them. You know, that's those are his guys. He's going to support them. He's going to go out there. And I think that feels great if you are those people. And, John, going to your point about how, you know, emotional intelligence kind of yeah. felt like made up and everything. Well, I think you look at what the Eagles did in response to the, the failures of what they perceived of the failures as the Chip Kelly era. And they went out and they hired former players. And that's been a big deal on this coaching staff. Having so many players who play, or, or coaches rather, who played the game and who relate better to the players. Yeah, and that's where, you know, the, a lot of, because again, you mentioned that. I, I I remember thinking, like, even with some of Jason Peters' comments, I'm like, come on, dude. Come on, man. Like, you're just getting older. I understand, like, you're a lot of the veterans just didn't want to do the extra work and didn't put it in. I get it. You know, you get to control the locker room here now, but it really doesn't look, it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like everybody has a mutual respect. Jordan Matthews has even been a big, I mean, called him proud papa this week. A blood brother. <laughs> Bro, a blood, blood brother. brother. Instantly. Like, this guy's only been in the locker room for a couple of different weeks here, right? I mean, like, through all, just like James says, like, it, it felt like they were hiring Fred Flintstone in the beginning. Like, oh, my God, this guy's so inept. This guy is talking at, you know, like, what, what did we do? Uninspiring. That he's was the, the word we used a lot. He's the fourth choice of the Eagles, more than likely, through, you know, McAdoo and Coughlin and... Did all the other different guys that they wanted over him, and they land place. The puppet talk was very big. It's just like they just want a guy that comes in here doesn't rail it. But really, I mean, this has made the biggest difference. I think we wouldn't be talking about that obviously if he didn't have, perform really well week one and we didn't see the different wrinkles. But an outstanding job so far. I have to give him. Got to tip my hat. Yeah, look, obviously they won the game, and that's going to make everything a little more positive. And he did coach well in game as well, which is you know nice to see. But strictly just looking at it from a leadership perspective, from a, a we talked a lot about leaders of men, right? You know, with Chip Kelly and the issues yeah, I just that think they of had in that. Every yeah, time but, I know, Sorry, but, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's a thing, right? It, it like this is that type of thing. These are a bunch of alpha dudes, you know, tough, strong physical guys and they need someone to lead them and and it seems like doug peterson might just have that type of gene but back to what brandon was talking about and i don't think we can heap enough credit on it is is for jeffrey laurie and howie roseman all the credit for going out and getting guys with experience paying money i believe they have the highest paid assistant coaching staff in the league they went out and said all right we're gonna surround an inexperienced guy who we really like with guys who've been there before, guys who've played the game, guys who have head coaching experience, guys who have offensive coordinator experience, and we're going to put them as our quarterback coach. That whole thing, I think, has been really underrated in, in A, how successful they've been, and B, in, in how smooth the transition it's been. And I said it last night, I think I'll say it here, too, and I know it's uh, it's it's always kind of, you know, you get into that tough conversation. But i got to tip my hat to Malcolm Jenkins, too, because, you know, when it, it's interesting how some, and it's a, I think it's still at a, a minority reaction, I mean, you see some of the tweets on <laughs> that people are passing around on Twitter, and you're just like, "Oh my God, people don't actually really think that, do they?" These aren't real people, These aren't really people this, right? Saying, 
But it's interesting to note that, like, everybody, the second that Mike Tavares, who was the rookie that actually didn't make the team, who was thinking about doing this during the preseason, the first thing you heard out of everybody's mouth was, cut him! Get rid of him! Anybody want to cut Malcolm Jenkins? Oh, they don't? Oh, well, it's so that's so weird that that kind of happened there. You know, and Malcolm, I think, is going through this, the proper channels as well, as he said, look, I didn't want to do it at on 9-11. I think it was disrespectful to everybody. He's had the coaches talk. He's talked with the entire team. He's gathered these guys around. You know, Malcolm Jenkins really isn't celebrated enough in this town. Yes, and just to add to that point you just made, taking it a step further, he has made it very clear that they are doing something not to protest the national anthem or anything like that. They're just trying to raise awareness of social injustice in this country. And look, whether you agree with it or not, that's part of being in this country is that he has the right to say that. Yeah, we're going to get a little more of that discussion if you want to. 888-729-9494. We're going to make our NFL picks at 540 with Mr. Kyle Scott from CrossingBroad.com. It is BGN Radio with John Barcher, James Elter, Brandon Lee Gowden right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, we've been really positive pretty much all show. We're excited for Carson Wentz. We're, you know, thinking about it. The different X Factors, of course, like Nelson Aguilar is going to come out here and, oh, yeah, be, be the guy moving forward. But there are, you know... There's a couple of wrinkles in there that I think we've glossed over this last week because of the fact that we're excited about this. It's BGN Radio. It's with John Barcher, James Elter, and Brandon Lee Gouton all hanging out here. So let's play a little game, fellas. Let's, let's call it a, a pimple or let's call it a wart. I'm going to give you a couple of players. You know, the pimples, they go away after a while, right? You can wash them up. You get some, uh, what are the oxy? I don't know. Clearasil, I believe. Clearasil. There, it's, yeah. there it is. They just kind of go away. You forget about them. It's like, oh, yeah, the blemish, that was terrible. But, you know, we got a clean face. We can be a wart. You know, those th- those suckers hang out there for a while, maybe too long. Sometimes you can't get them off in this. You've got an ultimate home recipe. Which, by the way, if you do have a wart on your body right now, crunch up a little aspirin, pop that sucker open, put a little, make a little paste. In three days, it's gone. Look at oh, that. Grandma taught me that. This is the most important thing I've heard all day. So the first one, that I mean, a lot of people have been asking about it. I think they were asking about it last year. Was it Scheme or was it him? Jason Kelsey. You know, there's there's been some there's been some things that make you go, wow. I don't what oof. You can you can say Scheme and you can say a lot of those things, but honestly, you just got beat. I don't think he had a terrible game against Cleveland, but there were times where you're just like, man, he's kind of, he, he's there again, BLG. So like, we're... What's your assessment on Jason Kelsey now and kind of moving forward here? I'm going to say it's pimple for him. I'm yeah. going to say that Jason <laughs> Kelsey. Little pimple. I forgot about the game there for a second. <laughs> yeah, right. Good he went to Brandon like there because I would not have said pimple or yeah, work. Now I, like I will. It. But I think, you know, we've seen Jason Kelsey long enough to know he's not, you know, some flat-out terrible player. I don't think he might be the Pro Bowl form that we see it anymore, especially ever after having a bad year last year. And, yes, he was hurt by bad guard play yes last year he was also hurt by the fact that he was very banged up uh but i think you know this matchup in week one was just a tough one for him danny shelton is massive and jason kelsey isn't the biggest center yeah so i think that was, yeah. i think it was i think you know there, there might be some issues there but it's also it just wasn't a good matchup i agree pimple as well 100 percent with everything brandon said especially i mean we did talk about it a lot last year jason kelsey was really really beat up he was Far from 100%. And, the, you know, a lot of the mental errors, you can get on him for that. The bad snaps, that type of stuff. There was way too much of that last season. But I think from an on-the-field perspective, a, a fair amount of it had to do with those injuries and get, being beat up. I agree. I don't think he is going to be one of the best centers in the league. 
but I think he's going to be at least serviceable enough to to keep this old line moving. All right. Well, I got to be the I got to oh, be the jerk no. in the room. I think I think Jason Kelsey's kind of going to be a wart. Can you, you know? just put aspirin on him, or does that not work? <laughs> no. I mean, if he can, hopefully he cures up in the next you know fifteen <laughs> weeks here. But yeah, I, I just think that it's especially in this type of scheme where you really have to kind of hold your man down. I I just don't see him being that. You know, and I hope he proves me wrong against you know. This this bears uh, front seven here, but I I just don't see kind of Jason Kelsey working these things out, and I, I hate to say that because I really like the guy a lot. I think he's you know totally completely like one of the guys that was very athletic and held this line together for for the last two seasons, and you made really impressive things on the you know screens and can really get out to that second level and be this big brooding force as you're coming along here. But I, yeah, I just don't see uh, Jason Kelsey kind of picking that up. Hopefully, I'm wrong as we move to. The most, uh, probably, if you uh, if we went down the salary, uh, you would see that uh, is for snaps per, you know, the amount of money that this guy's making. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Michael Kendricks out there. And I know he was frustrated this week. Obviously, if you're not getting played and you're getting pulled off in nickel, I don't know, James uh, Ward to her uh, pimple here. John, we're going to need all the aspirin we can find <laughs> for this one because he yeah. he is a wart, man. Look, and and we saw stories come out this week. Jeff McLean had a story about, you know, Kendrick's ego isn't going to get in the way. When you have that headline, guess what? Your ego is already in the way. We've seen this from him over and over again. Look, he should be playing special teams right now and shutting up. Okay, that's what he should be and he doing. Is he is, now. thank God. But the point is, I don't need to hear stories about his ego and and is he going to contribute and all that. You know what? Go out and do something on the field for the first time in a couple years. But you know, before I'm actually going to start to get excited about you in any way, shape, or form. For me, Michael Kendricks is a wart, and I think we've seen the best of him here in Philly already. Yeah, I agree, James. He's a wart. Uh, we've seen him kind of already phased out of the nickel D or when, you know, when the Eagles bring their nickel defense in, I just, I don't think things have been going well for Kendricks. We saw him playing late in the third preseason game. We saw him playing early in the fourth preseason <laughs> game, which yes. is again, reserved for backups and guys who might not even make the roster. I just don't think Michael Kendricks has been consistent enough in his career. We've seen flashes of talent. I think everyone thinks back to that 2014 season where he had some really good games, but I just think it's overall body work. Just hasn't been consistent enough. I don't think, you know, the Eagles can really rely on him. Yeah, I uh, I mean, they're not going to get any arguments about me. Big wart, big, fat, old wart, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of weird how the descendants from, you know, Michael Kendricks was a superstar, quote unquote, by a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans the past couple of years. I remember the even when the Mariota rumors got stirred up, he was always a part of the, oh, you can't get rid of Michael Kendricks. And in two years, it's gone from like, well, it only only took really one year. I think everything that was bad this year to everybody thinks it's going to be bad, you know, <laughs> this season too, which there's some truth to that. But, yeah, Michael Kendricks has been kind of, you know, you heard some of the same things about Michael Kendricks as you did about Eric Rowe. The intelligence factor, not being able to pick it up. And most of all, can't really cover. So if you can't cover, there's no reason why you should be out there on nickel too. And, you know, Jim Schwartz is, is right along with that. Which is a shame because skill-wise, athletically, in terms of the way he's built, in terms of, like, his, his you know, skill set, he should be a really good nickel linebacker. He should be able to do that from an athletic perspective. And you're right, Johnny. He's just never been able to do it. Uh, our last one, pimple or wart, BLG, Lane Johnson. Because we're not really sure, more or less, I don't know where the, you know, the, this B sample thing is. I, I feel like we talk about it every week. Everybody has the weekly, like, what is going on with the beat table? And we, we have no answers, really. And I'm looking at this more or less, if the Eagles have success, 
and then he gets pulled like week seven or week eight, how much that's going to factor into the rest of the season. But maybe even some of his play alone, like, you know, I mean, maybe he needs some of that B-sap bullshit back into his body and, you know, <laughs> a little bit less uh, meat and water, a little more supplements. I, I don't know what's going on with Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson is a boil. He's ready to, he's ready, <laughs> he's ready to burst because at any moment he could just, he, the suspension could happen and he could not be here. I think it was kind of weird last week uh, watching both Jason Peters and Lane Johnson. It felt like there were a number of times where they kind of got off a little too early and the refs weren't calling it, which is weird. Uh, go look back at that third down play where Carson Wentz makes a really impressive pass to Jordan Matthews, and you see Lane kind of get caught, called offside on the Browns, but it looked like he was just getting a little jumpy, and Lane, I think, led the team uh, in penalties last year with 11 or 8 or so. It was, it was high up there, so I think that's, you know, an issue moving forward, too. Yeah, I, yeah, and then and James, this week, you know, we noticed this all kind of last week where Getting that extra, getting that extra foot out there, getting that extra leg on the snap count. You know, sometimes I, I couldn't believe. I think it was right before that amazing Jordan Matthews catch and that awesome throw, that DNA throw, yeah, quote unquote, DNA throw. where the play before or that play, maybe it might have been that play. Oh, it was that play. It was that play. They yeah. were, were clearly Lane Johnson was offsides. Yeah. Like there's no doubt about it. They threw the flag. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that stinks. Still, the, that's going to be a highlight reel type of thing, but it's you know not going to count for anything and. Yeah, I, I I think he's lost the step. Yeah, he's a boil. I, I I hope to someday be as creative as Brandon was there to come up with boil there because it is perfect. He is waiting to explode and look, it might never explode. We don't know. It's this is the strangest you know PD suspension related type of thing I've seen because there has literally been nothing, no information. I mean, we talked about it last week. We had Dave Spadaro on our podcast. He's like, I have no idea what's happening here. You know, I don't know. Like, nobody knows. The fact that he even dragged into the season to begin with is is perplexing. So, um, he's a boil. But as of right now, look, he might have been getting off a little bit, but he was terrific in pass protection, played yeah, a really was. big yeah. role in, in allowing Wentz to do what he did. So, uh, you got to hope that that boil, I don't, I don't, I've never had a boil, so I don't know how you get rid of it or keep Stays. it down. But let's let's keep a hot compress on it or something like that because <laughs> he, he really is. It. You know, it's it's a crucial part of the line. There, the domino effect of moving Barbara out there and and that whole changeup really will influence that line. It makes it significantly worse. And I got to say, I think this past week. Offensive line actually held up okay. You know, there were the first half. I was the, you started to tug your collar a little bit and go, "Oh man, this could this could get really bad." Uh, but especially in the run game, and I know we've mentioned this before, BLG, like the black the the, the uh, gap blocking system kind of allows you to cover that up a little bit. You know, where Brandon Brooks maybe have struggled early, they they kind of picked it up and did the same with Barbara too. Like, how, how do you <laughs> suddenly he looked competent? You know, after a lot of lot of up and down last season. Uh, is this offensive line good enough, you think, not just against the Bears, because I think that, that it can, like, just the same with the Cleveland, be up and down here, but do you think it's kind of good enough for this team right now, this I, season? I do, and I think maybe it's it's good that Lane isn't suspended to start the season because this is Carson Wentz's, you know, first experience in the NFL, and at least he's getting the best offensive line he possibly can. Well, you don't uh, have faith in Matt Tobin? What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Matt. No, no Iowa good today, all right? And nobody has faith in Iowa. Maybe, Sorry, John. maybe Sorry. as a blocking tight end, like the Eagles were using Matt Tobin last week. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I have faith in him to that extent. Yeah. But uh, I think overall it's been solid. Uh, we saw the run game last week. Uh, the, the yards per carry wasn't great, I think. Uh, but the Eagles did gain over 100, uh, so they, they ran the ball in volume well. So I think it's, it is good enough at this point. Hey, and I wonder sometimes, too, you know, with the uh, Ryan Matthews, just like you said, had some success here and there. There would be occasionally those, those five or six-yard gashes that were in there. I don't know. Kenyon Barners looked 
like he needs some more snaps here. You know, I I just feel like there's and not to take away from Brian Matthews, like he's a he's a dynamic guy when he's got the the ball in his hands and he's healthy, but. Kenyon Barner again and again keeps proving when, hey, if you put the ball man's, I'm going to get you some yards here. That's literally where I was going to go, so thank you for taking what I was going to say. But, <laughs> no, I, look, I agree. He looked really good, Barner, not just through the preseason, but in that first game was the four or five carries he had. He, he made use of them, looked more explosive than Ryan Matthews. I, I don't think he's a better running back by any means. But, look, the issue with Ryan Matthews, the health, all that stuff, I, it's good in my mind because Darren Sproles is not going to be a, a running back in that way. It's good to have someone who's going to take those carries away. I don't want Ryan Matthews running the ball 25 times a game. I think it, not even as a change of pace, just as a different human being out there who you know will give Ryan Matthews a few plays to not get hurt on. I think it's an advantage regardless. And then when you look at how good Barner's playing, it's a no-brainer. And he touched on my X-Factor. Darren Sproles is going to be the X-Factor in this, in this football game. Uh, because you're going to have, you know... Like I said, Jordan Matthews is going to get a lot of attention. Nelson Aguilar might be that guy, too. I, I, I completely understand. But uh, just as far as play from last week and also how this thing matches up again is Darren Sproles need to, needs to play a little better. You know, Darren Sproles needed, needs to hang on to those balls. He needs to cut those corners a little more. I think that would have opened up some of those plays early on against Cleveland. Uh, but he's the guy for me because not only from people you know forgetting about him, ignoring him, Carson Wentz needs, with Ertz out, Darren Sproles absolutely needs to be that that safety net here. Yeah, no, he needs a security blanket. Look, we, it, Ertz was that for him in that first week. You saw him look for him. It worked in those situations, and Sproles is the perfect, perfect guy to do that this week for Wentz. So I, I think you'll see that more. Dare I say uh, swing passes? Or uh, wheel routes, maybe, maybe, maybe. Wheel route in there. That's right. Uh, well, we're looking for your X Factor too. Is we're uh, in the in the last uh, twenty five minutes or so of BGN Radio. Who's your X Factor? Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Going to be making some NFL picks. Crossing Broad coming up next, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Uh, the ultimate X Factor. I got nothing. No, I don't know. The ultimate X Factor <laughs> is John uh, Dorenboss's magic trick. There That's we what it go. Is. Uh, it's uh, BGN Radio. John Barchard, uh, James Seltzer, and Brandon Lee Gouton all hanging out with you for the next 15 minutes or so. Then we're going to hang out for uh, the Phillies who are coming up. We have the, the, uh, the opening as uh, we are uh, going through the pregame. We'll have that uh, up until 6.30 and uh, then pregame show along with that as well. But right now... Uh, maybe the X-Factor in the blogging world this is Mr. Kyle Scott from CrossingBroad.com. Kyle, what's happening, man? How are you? I like that. X-Factor. I like it. <laughs> it's a, we should start a show. Oh, right. It's already been taken. That's right. I forgot about that. Right. It's been trying to fill. Uh, Simon Cowell. It's a nice little kind of, yeah. you know, parallel there, there with go. the John Durnboss thing. Uh, but, there Kyle, who are you looking for in uh, in this Eagles matchup here on on either side, on Bears or Eagles? Which uh, who, Who's the guy you're looking out for? Well, I mean, I, I'm just most interested to see what what Wentz is going to look like against, uh, like, an actual NFL team. Um, well, kind of. Yeah, like a step up, maybe a couple steps up, yeah. Well, there's the Browns, and the Bears aren't good, but there's the Browns, and then there's everybody above them. So, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see. Like, you're coming off that high at home. It was the perfect way to start things off. Now you got to go on the road, national TV. And, I mean, these are all very obvious things. But, like, it's, if he comes out and plays – 
it, it, almost as good as he did in game one. You're like, wow, this is, you know, real. Or are we going to realize that, oh, wow, he's a rookie and this is going to be a little bit of a season. So that, that's the most interesting thing to me because I think he comes out and looks good and they win. Well, now all of a sudden, like, you can reasonably assume that the Eagles might be in a division hunt for some portion of the season, especially if you start 2-0. So that's the most exciting thing. Like, is this – are we going to see something that tells us we can actually look forward to a very competitive season? Well, the thing that I'm most excited about this week is to see if I can take more things out of Kyle Scott's wallet. As he, uh, <laughs> you know, then it kind of went one for, uh, one for three. But uh, with that being said, let us get – into the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, boys, here we go. It is the Ring the Bell picks. A uh, little shout-out to the podcast this week. John, I rang the bell three times. Yeah, all, all three. All three on Johnny. I don't know if that's ever happened, so that's always fun. So let's get into it, guys. We're going to start out in the NFC East. The team that... Uh, Screwed me and Kyle over last week. Washington hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, a three-point dog heading into Washington. I can't believe it. I can't believe you guys bet outright on that thing. Kyle, who do you have in this one? I don't know. For some reason, I always like to go on the Redskins side. It goes against everything that I believe when the home team's only a three-point favorite, essentially a pick em. Uh The Cowboys didn't look good. And I've Josh Norman probably a lot on Dez Bryant. Terrence Williams is an idiot. Cole Beasley has, has dumb hair. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to go with the Redskins. Uh, I probably lose every time I go with the Redskins, but uh, taking the Redskins at home against uh, my better judgment on the line. Kirk Cousins has never beaten a team with a winning record. The Cowboys aren't a good team. Her cousins can beat the Cowboys. Washington covers. Wow, Washington! So Washington covers uh, with James. Where are you going, man? I guess this is my week to do it. But ring the yes. bell! Really, really, really! Washington was atrocious on Monday night. I think they might just not be a good football team, guys. Dallas, I don't think they're that good either. But I'll take the three. I just, I've got. No hope, no confidence, no nothing in this Washington team. I just think they're bad guys. Is this a, can for the first time ever? Can I just stay away from this one? Because I, I don't like either team at all. I'm going to slide, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it's Dallas. I think they got to come out here and just and just kind of take this thing home as well. I, I don't see. I mean, Washington, and that unless Kirk Cousins can uh, finally like you know rejuvenate his arm and make it actually strong, I don't I don't see anything happen despite. The Cowboys defense. Uh, James, where are we going to next? Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be saying I like that when I win that bet there. All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, stick in the NFC as uh, those New York Giants hosting Drew Brees and the Saints. The Saints, a four-and-a-half-point dog in New York. Kyle, where are you headed? Uh, it's going to be an absolute shootout, I think. Saints aren't as good away from home, obviously, hence, hence the, uh, you know, slightly sizable dog there. Uh, Victor Cruz looks like he's back and legit. Um, I, I like the Giants here. I like the Giants to win big in a blowout. Victor Cruz looks like he's back and legit after four catches and 34 yards on the touchdown. He's Johnny. Oh, come on. He's healthy and he's salsa. Yeah, I, I don't see, listen, the Saints defense is still, listen, the, yeah, just like Kyle, I think there's going to be a shootout going around here. But Drew Brees, uh, after you get to getting his money, so uh, let's ring the bell. Yes. There is no way I'm picking the Giants against the Saints in a shootout, as we've learned that already. BLG, where are you heading to in this one? I have to go with the Saints here. I know it's not 
great picking the Saints on the road, but this Giants defense was historically bad last year. One good game against the Cowboys does not convince me otherwise. I'm taking the Saints. I don't think he'll throw seven touchdowns, but I think Drew Brees will throw <laughs> quite a few against this Giants team. I am with the BGN crew here going against Mr. Kyle Scott. I will take the points and the cool. Saints in this one. Kyle out in an island on that one. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's Giants head. Giants defense, much improved. Oh, oh much improved. I can't wait, bro. Make sure to get that ready for next week, baby. There's no way it's that improved. Yeah. I've been known to put a montage or two together with the Kyle Scott picks before, so watch out. All right, let's go to Sunday night as, as our favorite former Eagles quarterback, according to Adam Schefter, will be making his debut for the Vikings. Green Bay in town. Green Bay, a road favorite. Minus two and a half heading into Minnesota Sunday night. BLG, start us off. I think Sammy Sleeves. I'm actually going to bet on Sammy Sleeves. Hey, now. I'm going to take the Vikings to win this. Outright, I love it. Uh, Kyle, who do you have in this one? Uh, Packers by like three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like Packers, done, easy. Uh, first of all, BLG, it is not Sammy Sleeves anymore. It is not that. It is hashtag Sammy Super Bowl, and he's going to get it started. Uh, this week, I, I am definitely taking uh, the Vikings. Green Bay looked a little a little bit shaky, and I, I and more or less I'm betting on Minnesota's defense to kind of, kind of take care of business here, James. Are you guys crazy? Yes. Aaron Rodgers in prime time against Sam Bradford? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm back on the Kyle Scott train. I will take the Packers to win. Ah, not a blowout, but I think they win comfortably. All right, let's uh, let's round it out here. I think we know where we are all going, guys. Uh, as of now, it started out at one, has moved up to three. The Bears are a three-point favorite wow. on Monday night right now. Uh Man, kind of back and forth. I, I can't expect if I'm if I'm buying into Wentz having a good game, if I'm going to defy quote unquote the numbers that uh, the rookie struggles in his second game, I, I just can't I just can't uh, jump off the the Wentz wagon now. I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, I'm going to even say I think they win this thing by five. I like the Eagles by five in Chicago. BLG Eagles outright. Eagles outright. That was easy. That was easy. Kyle. Yeah, I, I'm just going to go back to what, uh, my, my tried and true three-point dog on the road. I'll always take the dog, take the Eagles outright. Don't know what we have in Wentz, but uh, excuse me, I shouldn't say don't know what we have in the team this year, but I'll take the Eagles outright I like, I just because I like the line. How about this one? We are all taking the birds. How about I, that? Yeah, the Bears stink, guys. The yeah. Bear, I made a mistake last week thinking that the Browns would cover that number. I thought the Eagles would win. I thought the Browns would cover. I was wrong last week. I will not be wrong this week. I think the Eagles win it outright. And like you said, John, I don't think it's quite that close. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've kind of had a, a mood swing in the last since like Monday to now. It just the more and more you think at it, you analyze it, you look at it, uh, that uh, the Eagles are probably going to take care of this one. So uh, and that uh, wraps it up for the uh, the NFL picks as we do each and every week at the uh, at the end of the show here. But uh, Kyle, what do you got uh, coming up on the blog? Anything interesting? Uh, no, just a, uh, I'll call it a late night Monday and an early morning Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. That's a hell Our of favorite. a plug right there. I love it. That's, uh, Kyle Scott from Crossing Broadway. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's kind of what's happened. I'm, I've gone from like, well, it's, yeah, the rookie struggles will come on Monday to now we're here Saturday. We're about to, 48 hours out and yeah, I'm just ready to, to light them up, man. Defensive wise, they should do that. Offensively. Maybe not right away, but they should eventually. The points should eventually come here, at least in the second half. We've got the vice president of the United States on the Wentz wagon <laughs> right now. Okay, we almost had the president rooting against his old team. I don't care what he says; he was close. I could tell. 
come on, guys. I mean, this is this is exciting right now. I think the biggest thing to take away here is that whatever happens, we agree there there will be some struggles, maybe at some point, but. This kid is legit, and, and it's really okay to get excited about him, and I think we're going to see another nice performance this week. Yeah, BLG, uh, what's uh, the final thoughts as we're rolling out here? Final thoughts is that Carson Wentz, for as impressive as he has been, I don't think he necessarily has to be that impressive for the Eagles to win. I think this defense will give them a chance. It's not like Carson has to carry the team. I'm taking the Eagles to win. I'm thinking about 21 Eagles Bears 17. James, uh, your final thoughts kind of uh, thrown out here. I know you just kind of gave some. I just gave us a yeah. few more. Okay, here's some few more. I love Carson Wentz. I am totally okay buying into this kid. What we've seen as we discussed, those DNA throws, we're, you know, we're making jokes about it, but seriously, when was the last time, it's Donovan, but it, when was the last time we were able to watch a quarterback make throws like that and just like sit up in your chair and be like, whoa, man, like that guy is legit. That's the way Wentz felt from Jump Street, and, and it's exciting. It's just exciting. And just from that point, we saw lightning in a bottle, Michael Vick, and we thought, yeah, maybe maybe that could be something, and then that disappeared quickly. Before that, we saw Kevin Cobb. There was immediate, I don't know. <laughs> you see Nick Foles, there was immediate, I don't know. Well, except for about the end of six One or seven weeks. One afternoon in Oakland. Six or seven weeks, this is like, oh, yeah, he's the guy for, for out of doubt. But then even as the preseason, even as the regular season, weren't you like, yeah, I, I don't really know. I think it's the offense that's quitting. Sam Bradford, big time. Me, on the train. Whoop, whoop, here we come. Sam Bradford, yeah, but there's an argument in between. There wasn't like a definite, yeah. There's no argument with Carson Wentz. There has not been a, like, there wasn't a blemish last week. They go, ooh, that's really bad. The floor is there. The floor is there. I've heard Carson Palmer. I've heard, you know, uh, all those different, the you know, other Redheads that kind of come into it. What if he can kind of compare it to if he looks like Andy that? Andy Dalton. We heard Andy that Dalton. Too. That's what I was trying to go. Not Carson Palmer. Andy Dalton. So if he's there, week one, game one, looking like Andy Dalton, let's see where he lands now. Is it fifteen to twenty? Is it fifteen to ten? Is it ten to five? Could he creep into that number five eventually? Three or four, you know, years down in his career. That's the thing I'm excited about. I don't even care if they lose. I just want to see Carson Wentz build on this and continue on this. This Wentz wagon, and it's going to be awesome. Folks, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, leading off is coming up as me and James Eltzer will hang out, talk a little Phillies with you, get you ready for uh, that game against the Marlins. It's been a pleasure. John Barcher, James Eltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden. That's it. Going to do it for us. BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.